0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas, you've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
1: Well, eight years ago now, back in 2015, so right at the beginning of their mandate, one of their campaign promises, in fact, uh, for the Liberals and the federal government was to bring clean drinking water to First Nation communities in Canada. And they set a deadline for themselves, too. It was 2021, six years. Um, as you know, that deadline came and went and uh, didn't work. Uh, a great many First Nations still under boil water advisories dealing with clean, clean drinking water issues. So this week... Eight years later, in 2023, the government has tabled a bill that is aimed at addressing some of these long-standing issues. So is it a case of better late than ever, and does it do what we've needed it to do for some time? Now, we're going to speak with Veldon Coburn, who is an assistant professor at the University of Ottawa Institute of Indigenous Research and Study. Veldon, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Good morning. So this bill that we had that was tabled this week, uh, I don't think anybody's taken a victory lap on its arrival, seeing how it's been a really long time coming, right? We should have had this a number of years ago.
0: Yeah, well, you know, incidentally, uh, when I was a public servant, I worked specifically on the sort of predecessor bill that was repealed last year. It was introduced by the Harper government in, in 2013. It took about two years. It was introduced in the House of Commons and eventually in the Senate. A weird bill that was um, because it had been proposed by the Senate was introduced as a Senate bill first, but uh, it it was repealed and replaced just recently with the new with the introduction of um, this, uh, and it has got a longer title, but it's uh, to assure clean water on First Nations. So, um, yeah, so yeah, eight years into the mandate of the Trudeau government, and uh water quality still a pressing issue in many first nations it's done considerably better so this was actually again my file that i worked on in both policy and programming in uh what was then INAC is indigenous northern affairs canada yeah and worked and worked on the uh and this is where it departs a little bit is there was consultation on this whereas the last bill um the safe water act it was not there was no consult consultations back in 2010 11 sort of ran through and uh it, it ruffled first nations because this one this particular bill well the previous the predecessor that was repealed last year it imposed a lot of regulations on them that they could never meet um it would be like me coming to inspect your house Today and say, well, you know what, today I have a whole lot of regulations for you. And you say, well, can you sort of grandfather me in? And they're like, no, 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 you're just going to have to tear down your entire right. house. And say, well, how's that fair? Um, but, you know, there are, you know, uh, water quality and safety issues and public health measures. I think we can all objectively agree is like, well, you can't really dance around the edges too much when it comes to unsafe drinking water and also it, it it encapsulates the treatment of wastewater. so human waste dishwash uh whatever's like slop pills that are used in first nations because a lot still don't have internal plumbing is like what do you do with it to treat it so there is no water treatments for disposable water like bathtub water um toilet water whatever um but also just the drinking water which is still the pressing issue so this government goes on and does a lot more consultation which um is, is is far more admirable, but I, I guess some people feel left out as well too.
1: But that was an important piece, right? As you mentioned, I mean the, the safe drinking water. I mean that's pretty clear cut; either you have it or you don't. So, but 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 a big piece that's been missing and is now actually included in this legislation is the collaboration. In fact, there's actually a First Nations-led commission on this, right? So, so that's an important piece, and it looks like at least as we see it now, that will be incorporated into this moving forward.
0: That's right. So what this does in this particular bill is recognize certain authorities too, which were missing from the last bill where they said, well, we don't actually have any kind of control over even the uh, transparency and accountability to it. So reporting. And um, so like first nations, if if you are a corrupt first nation, you could probably start covering up poor water quality is like, you know, governments of all sorts cut corners here and there, especially when there's budget constraints. Ontario experienced this, I guess, in the early 2000s with the Walkerton. It's like, well, we're hiding a little bit of the testing results um, and until there was a human crisis as well, too. So um, in this case, though, where there was um, also a, a lack of, a, entire lack of jurisdictional clarity was with the Who's accountable? Was it Ottawa that was accountable to to come into First Nations and impose it? And therefore, they'd be the ones or would First Nations have jurisdiction to say, well, you're responsible, but you're not doing anything. If we took responsibility, we would do something. Right. And therefore, so in, in, install these mechanisms of accountability where uh, a First Nations water commissioner can hold us to account. Which is an important and- step forward. That's right, because um, self-policing <laughs> that can fail sometimes. Like we see it at all, all different levels of, of government. So um, and, and outside authority, um, whereas sadly the, the history of the first or the, the federal government is what they were doing was imposing regulations and de facto imposing it upon themselves, in which they would ignore. So that was that was part of it. Saying, well, if you're going to maintain responsibility for the water systems. Come in and make sure that the operation and maintenance and the actual water quality is up to these standards. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll do it ourselves.
1: Right? Exactly. You, yeah. You, yes. <laughs> what about uh, the funding model that's here? Because it's not a one-time thing, which I think is pretty important, right? I mean, it, it, when you take a look at it, Veldon, you, you don't want just a chunk of money off you go. This was. Part of the problem, or part of the promise, I guess, from Patty Haidu is this is funding in perpetuity. We're not going to just say, "Here's some money, fix it." No, we're going to continue to fund it. I mean, the system takes money to operate. So, how important is that to have that piece incorporated as well?
0: Um, it's extraordinarily important because the uh, the analogy that we would use is that there would be very quick rust out of, of systems. So, I worked with a lot of engineers, and I, I I was lucky. I got to learn a lot about infrastructure engineering too. Because we worked on water and wastewater infrastructure, and they would build a nice new, like three or four million dollar water treatment plant, and without the follow-up for the operations and maintenance funding to support it, it's like buying a car and letting it rust yep. out in your driveway, yep. and and then you can't use it after a few years. And these these um, this infrastructure should have a life cycle of. They tried to extend them up to where 60, maybe 80 years, and then they were rusting out after 20, 25 years, so maybe a third of their life. And so the replacement costs of them, and which would often be uh, delayed, and you'd also have at the end of that life, pretty quickly, so the last 10 years of poor water water quality, poor wastewater treatment quality um sort of that suffering and then get on the list again to wait another 10 or 15 maybe 20 years for more funding to come around for a a replacement so if you (laughs) if it were my teenage kid and i bought them a new car and they just drove it into the ground after two years i said no that should last you about 10 years Mm -hmm. and i said well you're gonna have to continue driving it for 10 years and they well you know it's very hazardous to my health because i i might lose my life in it um yeah, and and then after ten years, come back and and I'll see what's in the bank because I'm I can possibly replace it with a proposal for within the sure. next couple of years thereafter. So, yeah, so the operations and maintenance, um, it's it's uh, protecting your investments as well too. So, um, what the um, this federal government has done, I think more, and I, I don't use the word stealthily, in a stigmatized way, is finally acknowledging First Nations jurisdiction because there are some ineptness or at least i guess the distance and the proximity from ottawa to first nations managing over 600 first nations as though they were municipalities uh, the same way that provinces would provide funding through provincial taxes to divide up through municipalities to run their uh, own public services and public infrastructure is to provide that for operations and maintenance and saying first nations you're the owners and operators and we'll, we'll kind of get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs>
1: Which is fantastic. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Veldon, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you being here today.